You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 181. Today, I'm continuing my conversation with author J.M. DeBoard on interpreting your dreams. So, stay tuned. I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. This is a bonus episode. Hey, happy Wednesday. Really excited about this. So uh, we had some fantastical feedback from the Dream Interpretation episode with J.M. DeBoard, author of Dreams 123, fantastic book. We'll link it up in the show notes for you, of course. We'll link up all his stuff. Really great guy. Yeah, the episode was awesome. I was really geeking out about it just because like I think dreams are so fascinating right like this entirely different world our subconscious mind these stories these messages and it's like whoa 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 like they have meaning why is this meaning here like we just we've been dreaming our whole lives that it just becomes like this almost like this this normal ordinary thing and it's like wait wait like what if it's like these messages that can just help give you the greatest life possible, the answers to life's greatest questions or your greatest questions, and they're right there under your nose this whole time. That really fascinates me. So what we had done is asked a ton of our followers on Instagram to submit their dreams, and we just didn't have time to get to all of them on the last episode. We did two, and we did one of mine. I got a little selfish. I was like, well, I'll ask mine first, which was just incredible. And so JM so graciously offered to come back onto the show simply to do an entire episode on interpreting dreams. And so that's what this is. So this was a fantastic episode. It was really fun because you got to hear a lot of themes that entrepreneurs have in their dreams. Like there was a lot around tidal waves. So if you've had a dream about tidal waves, interesting feedback coming for you. But here's the thing. Even if you didn't submit a dream or your dream isn't interpreted, doesn't mean this episode isn't relevant to you. The thing I really want you to listen for is you, you we, I, I believe we should just have a basic understanding because look, I guarantee you sometime in your life, it could be tomorrow. It could be six months from now. It could be six years from now. You're going to have some super vivid dream, something that just kind of wakes you up out of bed and you're like, whoa. And he talks about that. Jam talks about why some dreams can be really vivid. So you want to listen for his explanation on that coming into the interview. But to be able to have like a basic foundational working on what does that mean can really be beneficial for you. And so you'll get to see Jam in action. You'll get to hear him, I guess, not see him. Hear him in action as he starts to look at the meaning and the symbolism, the story, the themes in our dreams and what that's telling us for our lives. And he even let me try my skills out, my new neophyte dream interpretation skills out on one of them. And he said I was pretty spot on. So pretty cool. Anyways, so let's jump into that episode. I think you're really going to like it with Mr. J.M. DeBoard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I have Mr. J.M. DeBoard here again for the second time. J.M., how you doing? 
I'm doing great, James. Thanks for having me back. I had a great response to the last podcast, so I hope this time that your listeners are just as enthusiastic about the material. Well, we wouldn't have brought you back if we didn't have an awesome, positive response as well. So people love that episode. So guys, really quick for our listeners, if you haven't first listened to the episode I originally did with JM, this is episode 177 on the podcast. Of course, we'll link it up in the show notes for you. I am actually going to encourage, and I'm sure JM would agree, to start there. This is you know, first and foremost, this was an episode all about how to interpret your dreams. And JM goes into a lot of depth about the function and purpose of our dreams and really comes from this idea that your dreams, when you learn the language of your dreams, this can be the best life coach, the most valuable life coach for you. And, you know, this is these are some of the topics that we talk about here is really becoming mindful and listening and paying attention to the subconscious mind, to your dreams, what they mean, the symbols, the stories, the lessons, all of that. And what I had done is I had asked my followers on Instagram, you guys can follow me over at James Wedmore. I said, hey, share your dreams dreams with me and we had all of these followers and listeners share these incredible dreams with us and because JM just had so much content to share in the last one we didn't have the opportunity to get to as many dreams and so JM so kindly offered to donate his time to do a second follow-up interview with you guys where we're going to dive deeper into these dreams so that's what we're going to do today does that sound about right? Yeah, it does. And I really hope the listeners out there who have submitted their dreams are excited. I am. I have reviewed all of them and I have at least thoughts to offer. I do want to say first that you are the best interpreter of your dreams. And what I want to do is teach you a process that you can go through to get to your meaning. Mm -hmm. One thing, just to give you a follow-up, I forgot to even mention this to you. So one of the dreams that we uh, had interpreted was from Denise, a friend of mine. And this was the dream about the uh, walking down the street. I happened upon some money on the ground. And then there was like all these round coins. I fill my purse, pockets and everything. And then I walk away feeling like I'm a crazy person because all this money's hanging out of my pocket. And I followed up with her after your interpretation. And she yeah. was like, holy cow, that was so spot on. It's not even funny. Like it was an entire theme of, of her life. And she just thought it was so incredible. So I want to pass on her gratitude to you and my gratitude, but also just for our listeners to know, like Jam knows what he's doing and you're like pretty spot on there. So well done. And I'm excited to go deeper with that today. Thank you. It's always nice to have confirmation of that. It really helps me to know because now I filed that away under correct interpretation. <laughs> I have to get feedback from people in order to be able to go through this sort of checklist in my mind so that I know in the future that I can be more confident when I encounter a dream with this theme. With Denise's dream, it's not the first time that I've run across a dream about encountering money. Mm -hmm. And what's really important here is, is that she, for one, is she walks way she says i'm feeling like a crazy person with all this money hanging out of her pocket this is her reaction to the dream she subconsciously knows what it means and your reactions in dreams are based on your subconscious knowledge of what it means and then she says it doesn't dawn on me that i can go back for more so again a reaction in the dream this is where you can analyze the story of the dream without necessarily having to decode the symbolism it's right there in the story it's 
saying very simply, what are you leaving on the table unclaimed? Mm. And then that leads to why. And it seems to be that she feels conspicuous. And then I put that together with people who sometimes have a lot of success will feel conspicuous about it because they feel like other people are noticing them and it's unwanted attention or that it feels somehow unfair that they have a greater share of the talent, intelligence, education, and other resources that then lead to being able to make a lot of income. And so to take that further, you know, because where my mind always goes is why. And so I would say, why would she be having a dream like that? It's because her subconscious is trying to tell her it's it's not in her best interest to continue thinking and acting that way. Like, is that one possible interpretation we could then or assumption we could make? It's sort of like a parable in that the purpose of a parable is to teach and to illuminate. So Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily if her subconscious part of her mind is making a value judgment here about it. What it's doing is really is it's pulling up probably from her deepest feelings and showing it to her in story form so that she can work through it and make her own decisions about it. Got it. Okay. Oh, that's so great. Okay. I love that. So let's see if there was anything else I wanted to touch over. No, the biggest thing guys I want you to listen for is as we share these dreams, the first thing is like really beginning, like we talked about in the last episode on dream interpretation was getting into the habit of writing your dreams down. And, and I've noticed like talking this with my team and my wife, like you just like when you start talking about it and this happened when I started reading your book, by the way, you just become more like, Hey, I had a dream last night. You like remember your dreams. You become more conscious of them, more aware of them. And then I've now gotten into a habit of writing them down. And I could not recommend that enough is keeping that dream journal. But what we want to listen for is even though it's not our dream, it doesn't mean it's not relevant because even in the book, James' book, he does such a great job of using examples of dreams to teach the interpretation. So these are opportunities for you to listen to the how and why and the process that James is using for someone else's dream so we can use those same tools for our own dreams. And I get most of mine now. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And one of the things you said in the book, and I can't remember if we brought it up on the last episode, I feel like we did, was that you talked about how like you just know when you've made the right interpretation. It's almost like it drops down and hits you at this like gut level. Do you want to speak to that for a second? It resonates with you. Mm -hmm. You already know what your dreams mean because you create them. It's in another side of your mind known as the unconscious mind. So it seems like it's coming from somewhere else. But it's sort of like that tip of the tongue thing. The meaning is there and you know it while you're dreaming and afterwards. It's just you have to work through something to make that information conscious in you. So when it does come to you when you or someone else makes a suggestion that helps you to understand a dream or part of it, the truth of it will resonate with you. And really, this is the number one way of feeling your way through a dream to the truth and message of it. It resonates with you. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So let's get into the first one. Are you ready for the first dream? Yeah. I was hoping to do, since we we can pick up maybe with uh, Brandy Marie. Yeah, great. So here's what Brandy and Brandy, thank you so much for writing into us. I really appreciate that. So Brandy Marie wrote first, she said, the timing on this is kind of crazy because I had a really vivid dream last night. Actually, let's pause right there. Do you have any thoughts when people, I have had people say things like, 
wow, that dream was extra vivid or like really intense. What are your thoughts on what that means or could be interpreted as? Well, one of the things is that your dreaming mind has a relationship with you and it knows you. It knows the timing on when to deliver the most important dreams. For one, oftentimes they are just before you wake up the final time in the morning or whenever your sleep night is over with, Mm -hmm. because that is when you are coming out of the longest stages of REM and it's when your dream memories are the most accessible. But we also come to forks in the road in our lives. And when we are going through through having to make big decisions about which road to take in life, or we're going through changes internally or externally. You start a new job, you reach a point where your feelings have changed in a relationship or something like that. Then you have a lot of deep decision-making and processing to do. And I think that is when the dreams will hit you. I don't want to say hit in the negative sense, but that's when they will throw these more powerful you know, stories at you to process. It can also come in response to events that have happened in your life, you know, big events, circumstances, things like that. But one final thing to consider is I have seen this many times where someone realizes they have an opportunity to get deeper understanding into their dream life because someone like me is going to be, you know, like they're going to come to one of my lectures or workshops or something like that. And they will have a dream the night before that they can bring in. And it's like the dreaming mindset says, yes, we finally found the mm. right person to help us with this. So it. yeah. it's, it's looking for help to help you. Your dreams are trying to help you and they have a larger capacity to be able to reach out into the world and find that help for you when you need it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. So here's what Brandy Marie Roach because I was at the top of a hill and it was just after sunset. So not completely dark. And there were these white birds that resembled egrets. Did I pronounce that right? Egrets. They were trapped in nets. So we helped to free them. Two babies in two separate nets. The mama bird was really happy to get her babies back. She was huge like the size of a giraffe. And when I looked in the sky, I could see the outline of her silhouette in the sky with the stars. What a fantastic dream, huh? Yeah. It sounds like, well, here's something I want to bring up is you talk about dreams that have resolution. This is a great example of one that has a resolution. Yeah, at least what I'm seeing in this, the opening of the dream hints that there is something coming to a conclusion in her life because she it is just after sunset and sunset is the conclusion of the day. Mm. So this could be a big cycle in her life that is coming to some kind of conclusion. Also, she's at a top of a hill, which implies that she has just gone through a long process that requires a lot of energy. When you are climbing the hill, think of the various metaphors and figures of speech that we use dreams pick up on these things and they use them as symbolism. They will actually enact the symbolism that you find in a figure of speech such as climb the mountain. So these are the first two things that I notice about the dream and the opening scene of a dream is often where you find the subject or central idea of it. So then the next thing that happens is is that she finds the egrets and I hear a wordplay here, a possibility for it. I would ask her about regrets and so 
the white birds are trapped in a net. And so she's letting them free. She says we, and I'm not sure who the other person is with her in the dream. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that I thought of was soon as I saw that imagery, I'm picturing it in my mind as I'm reading the words and I'm picturing her getting to the top of the hill. The sun's just set, you know, there's still light for her to see. She finds the birds and she lets them go. And what I, I mean, here's the most obvious interpretation is that she's letting go of her regrets. And so what does that do? I mean, it means that something has come to a conclusion. If you regret something, it's something that's come in the past. So this would be the first thing I would do with her if we were working one-on-one, is I would say, you know, is there something that is kind of coming full circle or coming to conclusion for you where you were able to let go of the regrets of the past? If it's not regrets, it can be something else. Look at the imagery. The birds are trapped in a net. Now, think of the way that things, thoughts, feelings like that can get trapped inside of you internally. When you say that you are holding on to your guilt or regrets, what does it mean? You know, like the dream will take that idea and try to visualize it for you. So birds in a net, now she's letting them fly free. You know, so and also here's another thing. Birds take flight. They fly in the air. And this can have an association with thoughts. Regrets Mm. are associated with thoughts because, you know, otherwise, you know, you think about the things that you did do that you regret or you didn't do that you regret. You are thinking about them. They are thoughts. You're holding on to them. They're trapped inside of you. So that's where I would begin with the dream. And then I would note that there's a very happy tone to this. The resolution does seem to come in the dream where she's able to look out in the final scene and see the huge mama bird flying through the sky and this implies that yes something has come to a conclusion but with every ending there's a new beginning so i would say that there's a very positive sign here in this dream that something for brandy has come to a conclusion for her and she's been able to set herself free in a sense and notice it's a mama bird Mm -hmm. mama birds are creative it implies that there is perhaps some new creativity that is going to come into Brandy's life now that she's let go of these things that have perhaps been chewing on her energy or holding her down. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. Wow. Any, I'm just kind of like rereading it in my, uh, as I look at it here to myself, we'll have to follow up with Brandy and see if that's spot on. So Brandy, when you listen to this episode, uh, send me a DM so we can confirm this. Okay, so you want to, I, I mean, who knows until we talk to her, right? But that, that seems yeah. pretty spot on. You want to go and do another one? Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. You know, we had several dreams that were about tidal waves, and we did discuss that in the last podcast episode. The We could pick any one of these to go into, you know, a little more analysis of them. The do you, I don't know if you have one. Veronica's kind yeah. of stands out at me. She yeah. says that it was a recurring dream that she had since she was a kid. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about yeah, that's right. We the, did talk on the about last this one, one already. Okay. So no, but we didn't. Talk- I didn't. We didn't talk about hers specifically. We just talked about reoccurring dreams. So I'll I'll read hers, and we'll okay. we'll start with that one. So Veronica says, "Okay, in the dream, I'm at a place where I'm hit by a tsunami. I can see it building up. I see it approaching, and I do my best to warn anyone who can hear me. And I'm usually in a group with family and friends. Again, this is reoccurring. Yeah. We are hit 
and struggling to keep together and often I'm the only survivor. I've had this dream since around the age of 13. So with this, we begin with the symbolism of a tsunami. This is what we need to understand. And there are some details in the dream that are helping us to define how the dream is using the tsunami symbolically. Because there are, with any dream symbol, you're going to come across various possibilities. The same symbol can mean very different things depending upon the person. Dream symbols are very personal. Mm -hmm. So I look into the content of the dream for clues to the way that the dream is defining the symbolism. For one, she can see it building up. That's a big clue. She sees it approaching. She does her best to warn anyone that can hear her, and those people are usually her family and friends. So these are people who are close to her when whatever it is symbolized by the tsunami comes rushing into her life, into her being. So let's propose something and work on it. The way that I interpret a dream is I will make a hypothesis based off of an initial read, and then I will test it like an investigator. I will say, are there other clues that point the same direction or can I null the hypothesis? Can I find something that says, no, that we're on the wrong track here? So here's how I approach this is you can see it building up. Begin with how a mood comes on you or a bad feeling. It is something that you can sometimes feel building up inside of you. You can feel it approaching. Then she does her best to warn anyone who can hear me. Imagine her as she feels this dark mood coming on or something similar to that. Just start with that basic idea, dark mood, a dark feeling, something like that. It's building up in her. She can feel it coming. She wants to protect the people who are closest to her from the impact of that dark mood. So she's kind of in a way pulling this stuff back into herself or she's she's it doesn't necessarily mean that she is saying to her family and friends, I, I feel a dark mood coming on. You better stay away from me. <laughs> it just shows in some way that she's trying. She is aware of this and she's trying to protect her friends about it. She says that often I'm the only survivor. We're struggling together. So not quite sure what to make of that. But the part about she says that she's been having this dream since around age 13. And I know when I was that age was the first time that I started being troubled by things that happened in my life until that point i had this sort of child's perspective on everything and i would not let people and their bs get to me you know like i was a happy kid for the most part but you and i hit 13 you have all the other stuff going on the puberty and social life becomes so much more important and suddenly there's this thing called girls that you're checking out when you're in you know <laughs> eighth grade class mm -hmm. and it just like that was the age that everything hit me really hard in a way that it hadn't before. So I would use that, the, the timing on when these dreams started, I would use that as a clue to look at her life and say, what changed for you at that time? And is there a figurative way that you could describe it as a tsunami? And then using the clues in the dream to see parallels with how this Thing came into your life and how it affected not only you, but the people around you. And so what I'm hearing is that you interpreted the tsunami as like a mood. Is that accurate? Yeah, a what mood, emotion, a feeling, something like that. And it put, but it could be just major life change too. But that was an mm -hmm. example that I used to then see how all the other details could fit together under that umbrella. And is one reason why you did that is because water tends to represent emotion? 
Yep. Okay. Yeah, good. Yes, yes. Okay. It can. Here's the thing is sometimes you can find in the symbolism of something the, the clue that you need. So water, emotion and mood, you know, now it's presented in the dream as a tsunami, something that builds up water, you know, emotions and moods can build up things like that. But you can also just analyze the story. You know, a tsunami is something that's builds and it comes at you and it comes on strong and that can be you know that could explain a major transition in the person's life going from childhood to puberty from you know puberty into later adolescence at that point into you know young adulthood these are all and then further of course but these are all transitions that we face in life and they are big and they are life-changing the same way as when a tsunami sweeps in it is big and you can see it building and after after it hits, it changes everything for you. Mm. Wow. I like that last part about it. After it hits, it changes everything. Because I've had a lot of tsunami dreams my, myself over the years. So I, f I find it fascinating that it was so common with so many of the people that submitted their dreams. Okay. What do you think about Benny's dream about the planes? Oh, yeah. With the uh, the plane that was flying upside down uh -huh. or the one where she was, I uh, have a Courtney mm -hmm. Berry who was dreaming about flying, but not in a plane. And then yeah. go ahead and read it We'll do both. We'll do both. We'll start with Benny's because on the last episode, I talked about a reoccurring dream that I had had for years about planes crashing. So Benny says, just had a weird dream that it was night and I was near an air, a busy airport and I saw planes flying. One plane was flying upside down weird i know i saw a plane crash i wasn't in the plane but i saw it crash it was landing and just skidded on the runway and i saw it catch on fire i then called 911 to report it but the operator didn't take me seriously and there were no other reports of a plane crash yes interesting now here's story analysis first thing to notice Benny is observing the scene and is not a participant in it. And this can be a dreams way of saying that the memories that are being brought up and turned into story form in the dream are from observations that the person has made in their life about something that does not affect them directly. These most dreams are not of this type, but you do have one major component of dreaming or function of them is to help you process events from the days you have your memories of the day that are being kind of reloaded in and then they're being processed into more deeply into your being so sometimes external events do come into actually oftentimes they do come into our dreams so here he is he's at a busy airport and he sees the planes flying so this it, it's painting a scene here of showing something busy going on in his his life. I immediately thought of work because planes right. are used when you take flights for work at airports or places of transition. There's a general scene of being busy, which it reminds me of some, you know, work environments that I've been in where you see people coming and going and, you know, they're all very focused on where they need to be, you know. So then the plane is flying upside down. The first thing I thought was, you know, what a heck of a way of uh, like creating a metaphorical symbol for a situation that's upside down, you know, like in the military, they say foobar and uh, I won't you know, explain that to everyone because there's a cuss word in there, but it just means that something has really gone wrong. And if it's upside down and it's still flying, it means that it's going 
somewhere, but it's not doing it in the right way. So what I see is the possibility, at least, that there is a sort of figure of speech that is being enacted as symbolism where Benny is observing something perhaps related to his work life where things are really going wrong, but it's not impacting him directly. So then the plane, he says he sees it crash and it skids across the runway, it catches fire. Think of when somebody says, hey, the project crashed and burned or that idea crashed and burned. You know, it starts to take flight in the figurative sense. Somebody makes the proposal. Hey, yeah, let's do that. It starts to get off the ground, but then it doesn't it's not executed correctly. So now the plane is upside down and then it fails. And so it comes crashing down to earth and it burns up. So then he says, I called to report it, but the operator didn't take me seriously. And what that can mean is, is that perhaps he tried to warn that he what he observed that things were going foobard and that he wasn't taken seriously. And then there were no other no other reports of a plane crash, which makes me wonder if this was something that happened that is not being observed by the higher ups. Like sometimes these kinds of things can happen and people don't really notice it or take the full impact of it. You know, it's like you'd, maybe it means that this work group or whatever needs to have some kind of major correction or whatever, but it's not getting the notice of the people who need to notice it in order to be able to respond to it. I'm, I'm wondering if I can ask a question and just out of curiosity, do you think it could almost mean the opposite too? Or is there even a possibility of that where it's where it's almost like maybe he thinks that there's a problem when there's really not because it's not even being reported? Oh, good observation there. Yes, dreams are subjective and they also can project out into the future. So what he might see in the dream is his subjective take on the situation that he thinks that whatever it is he's observing is going to crash and burn. But that is really only his opinion. And yeah, maybe that's why there are no other reports of a plane crash, because it's only the way that he views it and other people don't view it the same way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it was it. Both, I could see like how both could work, but I'm I'm sure Benny would know which one like could feel more accurate for him. We're gonna have to ask him. Yeah, all right. We? Okay, that was awesome. Uh, anything else to add on on that one? No, I think that pretty much covers it. We need to wait for his response before we go any further with it. Totally. Okay, let's talk about another flying dream, but this one does not include planes. This is from Courtney Berry. She says, "I had a dream last night that I was flying flawlessly." Yeah. And, and people were trying to get me down and they threw clothespins at me, which then they fell on the ground. I'm assuming the clothespins did. And I looked down to see ostriches running with me below on the ground. And I flew to my high school gym. And then she had a, a note that said the clouds were dark gray. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, it sure is. And the first thing to note that I noted about this is that she is flying under her own power. And in dreams, what that can show is that you have these inner capabilities for you to take flight 
in the figurative sense. But we think about when you say, hey, that person is flying high. What does it mean? It means their life is going really well, that they are well integrated in their mind and their body and their personality. So when Courtney describes this scene where she's flying along under her own power, what I am picturing is is a person who has a lot of capability. Now, here's another part that led me in that direction. People who are trying to get me down. Simplify that statement then through clothespins. Did anybody hear a possible wordplay here or like a, a, a sort of figure of speech? Like you know, burst, tr- somebody trying to pin you down or, or burst you your know? bubble or, po- you know, like pop your balloon, you know, like. Yes, <laughs> yes, wow. yes. So the dream has a variety of ways that it could create the same basic idea, but it decided to show it to her as people throwing clothespins at her and it's not working, you know. And I have made this observation in my life is, is that there is a sort of average mediocrity out there and people who rise above that will you will see the hands reaching up for them the Mm -hmm. zombie hordes will try to pull them back in so I've made this observation many times in my life and I am wondering whether or not Courtney feels the same way that there are people who are trying to pull her back down to make her average or mediocre like them and that trying to pin down you know I would ask her also associate with that. Tell me about ways that you feel that people try to pin you down, whether it is in the sense of holding you down or whether it's in like, you know, like sometimes we can believe things that then are attacked by people who have a very rational outlook on it. I've had this happen to me as a dream interpreter where people who approach life a very different way will then try to take something where I make a broad general statement and then they will try to pin me down because they're trying to find some kind of rational flaw in my thinking or in my arguments. Mm -hmm. So that came to mind to me as a personal association when I read her dream. The final part of it here, okay, so ostrich is running with me below on the ground. So they're running with her, okay? So this is very interesting. Ostriches are strong creatures and they stand tall. So it makes me wonder whether or not Courtney is seeing an image of herself in that but also notice that their actions are paralleling her and that they're grounded. And this is something that I have learned is the higher you fly personally, the more that you need to be grounded. You Mm. can't, you can't be like Icarus who loses touch with the ground and flies too close to the sun. You know, you have to remain grounded in your everyday life, especially if you are in your spiritual life, you're really taking off spiritually. And then finally, the high school gym and you know where is what you, a high school gym is a sort of proving ground this is where mm. we really kind of take assessment and competition with each other we find out who are the best athletes and who are not people who take the initiative and people who don't people who can listen to direction and people who don't people who can work it as a team and people who work better as individuals we find out a lot of things about ourselves in that type of environment and it makes me wonder if something related to that is why she sees the gym and the dream. It could be somehow related to the idea of the things that happened earlier in her life that made her the person who she is now who can take flight. Well, I, I, something I definitely, I thought this was so fascinating too, because going even back just to the ostriches, like aren't ostriches a bird that can't fly? 
Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> you know? But but you're right. They're That's strong and they're fast and they, you know, go in flocks or packs. I think they're, are they a pride? I think it's called the pride of, of ostriches pride or something. Of ostriches. Yeah. And we were just in Africa. So I think I, I think I learned that. I think I retained that note, but they don't fly. So would you say that the, the ostrich could be more of a, a symbol of her needing to be grounded or could this also be the people that are trying to pop like pop her down as well? Like no, she's the ostrich actually, that, that's, that is taking off, but these are the ones that can't fly and so they want to pull her down or? What I see is something that's happening in parallel. That there's a, simultaneously while she is able to sort of let go of the ground and fly high, that there is a part of her mm. that keeps her grounded. Got and it, it symbolizes the ostriches. Oftentimes animals and dreams represent deep instinctual aspects of ourselves. And so there okay. is something that you can observe about the animal that you can also see in yourself. So I'm picturing as I picture Courtney as someone who stands tall and is a proud person and who can be both simultaneously very very grounded, but also fly very high. Got it. Cool. Love it. I think that's awesome. Let's see. I want to do a few more with you, if that's cool. Oh, yeah. I would love this. Um, okay. So this is from Cambridge's venue. So she said, I'm so, I'm assuming she, I'm so excited for the dream episode. I had a dream last night after I purchased your program, Business by Design. No joke. The dream almost seems too obvious to even mention, but I have to tell you since my interpretation of it revolves around your program and the current state of my business. It was so vivid. The, the Here we go. Biggest tidal wave you can imagine was coming towards my husband and I in slow motion. I distinctly remember having so much time to think as I watched it build higher and higher, drawing more and more water away from us. We were standing at the point where the wave wasn't going to break on us, but it was going to go over us, swallowing us whole. I remember being so tense, bracing myself for it, and then seconds later, walking out from somewhere underground, almost like a storm cellar for tornadoes, with this overwhelming sense of calmness as I looked at the destruction that was surrounding me. I still can't get over that feeling, almost like I knew I was going to be fine. It was just an overwhelming sense of peace. Wow. Yeah. Talk about resolution again in a dream. You know, you're seeing a big transition from the first scene or the opening of this scene to the end. You know, at first she's, you know, sees the wave building and all that. Then the wave hits, but she's protected from it. And then she turns around afterwards. And despite seeing all this destruction around her, it's she says that she knows that she's going to be fine. If we go back to our discussion of the tsunami, this tidal wave has the same sort of implication to it of some kind of major thing that comes rolling into your life. And when you go through major changes in your life, a dream can symbolize it as a landscape that's undergoing changes. I've seen this in dreams where there are buildings being constructed or destructed. I've seen it in dreams where the person, like you see a landscape of war, you know, and it's like everything's bombed out and shelled out afterwards. And what that can mean is, is that a person's belief structures are coming down. It can also show perhaps something like the emotional devastation that can like the aftermath of some kind of emotional or personal devastation. But I would begin with the idea that before things 
things can change, that the old needs to go away. And that is what I think we're seeing in this dream is an ideal. That's where this is where I would begin with it is this idea that something major rolls into life. It's into the person's life. It really changes things. But the person knows that they have the resources that they need to get through this. The other thing is, is that the dreamer is with her husband as the thing approaches. So whatever it symbolizes is something that is going to have an impact on both of them. So if you look at it as being perhaps related to her business, well, there could be an idea here that she needs to completely change something about it, that it already has changed, that she can go off in a new direction. The basement, like the tornado shelter, like mm -hmm. think of it this way. What is a nest egg for you? Something that can get you through times of trouble when you don't have income coming in. It provides security for you. So that could be what is symbolized in the dream. Like she knows that she has, let's just say, for example, the money in the bank to be able to get through this time of change and perhaps turmoil in her life. And now she has the tools or resources that she knows will be able to carry her into the future, which could be your business by design course. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Uh, let us know in the comments if that's accurate for you, but that's so cool. Hey, what, what do you say about me trying to interpret one of these? See oh, how yeah, far off I am? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if I'm learning, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get this. So we're going to do the one from creating XO moments, which is, goes like this. Last night, I actually dreamt a woman had a baby and left it on the floor. So I chose this one because I think it's very different from all the other ones we've, we've shared so far. She didn't want anything to do with the baby. So I found the baby and I became her new mother. I even breastfed her right away to give her nourishment. And I told her how loved she was already. That's the dream. Whew. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just going to go on a guess and I'm going to be totally okay with getting it wrong and Jam's going to steer us both to victory. So this is from Haley. So Haley, thank you so much for submitting this. Okay. I'm going to go with like, I have no logical reason and enough experience to say, oh, this usually means this or blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to go with a guess and say that this has to do with like nurturing our inner child and like giving ourselves like self-love and compassion. That's all I have. <laughs> I mean, that's a, the same thing that I was seeing in the dream. I have run across this theme a number of times of finding a child on the streets or in some random place and then adopting it and making it your own. And these kinds of dreams come on to people when they find the ability within themselves to kind of be their own caretaker, their own parent, to love and to nourish themselves. We have not just an inner child, we have inner children with each phase of our lives. Every phase is like a layer that's added over what was there before. So if you scratch away all those layers, you can go all the way back to the infant that or newborn that you once were. And then there was the very young child. And then there's like the early grade school, later grade school, early puberty, later puberty. You know, these are all still alive within you and they have the same basic needs. 
so the baby within the dreamer, there's an implication here that she was not able to nourish this part of herself. And now the dream is showing that she has found this capacity within herself. Now, there is another way of interpreting this mm-hmm. dream that could go in a completely different direction. Oh, let's hear it. And it's because Haley being female, sometimes I have found with young women, childbearing age, that they will have dreams like these to show them that they have the capacity to be a mother. There can be a doubt that is in their own minds or something that is at least like a blank spot. They don't know for sure. Sometimes they will say consciously that they never want to have children. And then the dream helps them to explore the roots of statements like that and then show them in these sort of virtual reality simulations that they do have the capability within themselves to be nourishing loving mothers however look at the way that she embraces the baby becomes her new mother she says that there was another woman who had left the baby on the floor and didn't want to have anything to do with it well the other woman could be some aspect of Haley mm-hmm. that is now going, you know, like it used to be an attitude that she had. Kids? No, I want nothing to do with it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't have time for it. It's not part of my life. And then something changes or shifts within her and it makes her realize, you know. So that's one way. There, We have two very, you know, different ways very of approaching different. the yeah. same thing. And here's the thing, James. It could be layered. If The meaning could be layered and both ways of interpreting the dream could be correct depending on how you look at it. First, Haley has to find the ability to nourish herself before she will have the ability to nourish a baby as a mother. Mm. Do you see the connection? I absolutely do. But both interpretations, it's clear that there's also a resolution in this dream as well. Yeah, it is showing that there is a transition going on in her and that it's a very positive sign, a dream like this. And I would encourage Haley to remember this dream, to have something to make it concrete for her, whether it is, I don't know, buying a baby doll and having it sitting beside her bed or something from the dream to help her remind her, because the more that she can keep this connection between her and what the baby represents about her, this deepest inner part of her being, perhaps that's what it symbolizes, then the more that that connection between her and it will strengthen. So she wants to remind herself of this dream and the feelings that it brought up in her because they're very positive and she can use it to build a top. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So why don't I let you choose the next one? Do you have one that yeah. you're really looking at? Oh, man. Well, there was one in here, and I'm going to have to look at it. It was the one about the, okay, this is one about the doll. Oh, yeah. So she says, the other night I dreamed that my husband and I traveled up to this weird abandoned but also modern-esque home in the mountains that someone was letting us stay at. Out of nowhere, this little porcelain doll that is possessed and angry as F, we tried <laughs> killing the doll, beating it, getting it out of the house, you name it, nothing worked. So I decided that maybe all this doll really needed was some love. Whoa. All right, are we seeing a parallel with yeah. the last dream here? All right, so she picks it up, shows it some love, compassion, kindness, rocks it, cradles it, just like I would with my own kids, but they weren't in the dream. And then she says the doll stopped being crazy and angry. There is a flash forward in the dream. She's still caring for the little possessed doll at a family reunion. 
dream ends on a really happy and loving note. And she says, boom, <laughs> bet you didn't see that coming. So yeah. love it. Yeah. What an awesome dream. You know, the first thing I thought of with the doll is that sometimes it can express the feeling with some women that they are treated as somebody else's plaything. You know, think about, especially I've seen this in particular with someone who was one of these pageant girls from a young age, her mom dressed her up and put all the makeup on her and, you know, and there she's six years old going out in front of an audience in a beauty pageant, basically, you know? And so because these things happen from a very young age, the personality of the person is very much shaped around that experience or those experiences. So that was the first thing that I wondered. And it would be the first question I would ask is, how do you feel like you are a doll? A doll is someone else's plaything. You know, is that applicable at all? Okay. So, but the next part of the dream really helps us because she reacts by giving the doll love. The first thing, though, is is that she wants to kill it well, along with her husband. So mm -hmm. it's showing the doll is some aspect of herself. And it's showing that berating it and trying to get rid of it is not going to work because it needs to be reintegrated back into her healthy adult personality. This is something that is a side of her that feels like it is rejected or lost. And so she, in the first part of the dream, is reenacting those feelings of rejection and loss and then she seems to come to a resolution where she figures out while dreaming that her approach is the wrong approach and then look at what happens in the end after showing kindness and love treating the doll like it's a kid it stops being crazy and angry I would have to ask the dreamer how do you relate to that how do you see a parallel with yourself in your life? And then finally, she has the doll with her at a family reunion. Think of the idea of something that has been split off and lost about yourself, and now it is reunited with you. Mm. It means it's been reintegrated back into your personality. Wow. So I think that with some exploration that we could really get at what the parallels are with the dreamer, we can only guess from where we are at, but the way that I just presented it would be the way that I would go about trying to really find how this doll and her interaction with it is a sort of metaphor for what's going on inside of her. Now, so question here, if this is an accurate interpretation and she's like, oh my goodness, yes, that's absolutely the case. Do you think this dream is showing up to say, here's the opportunity when you show yourself love, compassion, and kindness, you can heal this part of you? Or because it has that resolution, it's saying, hey, you did that. Congratulations, this has now been resolved. Or could it go either way? Great question. It could go either way. Sometimes dreams show us what has happened or is happening, and sometimes they show us what could happen. So we would have to dig a little further into the facts of her life, the personal context of the person who has the dream to be able to figure this out. Sometimes what the dream is showing is, is that there is a sort of simulation that is happening mm -hmm. that is allowing you to learn from it. I had a very 
very powerful dream in my late 20s where I had just cleared a bunch of party goers out of my apartment, you know, paging Dr. Freud, let's figure that one out, right? <laughs> I had just made some major changes in my life. And so in the dream, it reflects it. The police come into my apartment to take away all the party goers. Now I'm alone in my apartment. I turn around and there is a knock at my door. Now I lived on a second floor apartment with a security door on the street level at the time in the Clifton neighborhood, actually Coryville neighborhood in Cincinnati, Ohio. The university was just a block away. So it's a very busy street, right? But we have the security door. So anybody who gets to my front door in my apartment is definitely not welcome there, mm, right? Mm. They need to ring the doorbell first at the street level. So I ask from the other side of the door, who is it? And I hear two voices say simultaneously, enemies. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, come on in. You know, it's a funny <laughs> dream reaction, right? But I knew that it was time for me to confront these parts of myself. And so these two men enter into my apartment, and one of them is standing right in front of me. He's big, he's intimidating, but it's in a more serious kind of way. It's not like he's a big MMA fighter who's there to bash my face in, right? It was just more like this guy means business. He's big, and then there's another man who instantly goes into my blind spot behind me. I never see him. I never have any interaction with him. I just know that he's there. So my first thought is there's an intruder in my house. They've just announced themselves as enemies or in my apartment. So I grab a stick and I start beating him with it. And he's just kind mm -hmm. of looking at me. The stick is bouncing off of him and I'm winding up and hitting harder and harder. And I finally realized I have put maximum force into this and it is not affecting him at all. So as I realize this and I kind of stop what I'm doing, he's looking directly at me the whole time. And he says, anger will get you nowhere. Wow. I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So leading back to the last dream in your question, this was part of an ongoing process, but the dream was a catalyst for it. I knew that anger was not getting me anywhere. I knew that there was a sort of uselessness to it when it is not directed properly. Anger helps us to set boundaries and express our displeasure. It is a needed emotion, but when it is overcoming you and keeping you from from acting rationally, thinking your way through a situation, then it is something that is self-destructive. And so that is what I see in that character, in that man, the way that he approaches me and presents himself to me. He is all business, he is serious, and he's allowing my blows to just bounce right off of him. And he's not reacting in anger in kind. He instead is just waiting for me to learn the lesson. So it was a catalyst for me. And I still, to this day, when I am dealing with anger, I bring up the image of that man and I try to learn from it because it shows within me that I have the same sort of capability. I can stand strong. I can stand tall. I will not overreact to things and that I can present myself in a way that lets people know that I mean business. Mm. So yeah, it was powerful as the dream. Um, the next part of the dream, the dream becomes unstable. I realize that I'm dreaming. And that triggered me at the time. It triggered the whole dream environment to become unstable, kind of like an inception when the subconscious right. characters start acting out of whack, right? The whole 
scene starts to crumble and fall apart. So that's what was happening to me. And I just read some advice in a book that said, if you can get a dream character to name itself, to give you its name, it can be very empowering and help you to do further work with that character. And that's what I did. And I hear simultaneously two voices, one from the guy in front of me and one from the guy behind me. They say their names are James and John. James is the guy in front of me. John is the guy behind me. So I took this to my mentor. I had someone who helped me to interpret dreams. His name is Larry Pesavento, and he is an awesome human being. And I worked with Larry for years as a mentor and a kind of like a therapist. And Larry, I took that dream to him and we explored James. And the first thing I got from it was, well, my father's name is James. People call him Jim, but he's James. And then I was like, yeah, the guy was big. My father's big. He had a beard, a brown beard. My father wore a beard for many years. I'm like, there is a parallel here in this character. And in a way, it's showing me where the source of my anger was coming from and my inability to be able to deal with it because both of them came from these are things that came from my father his example of my relationship with him no offense to my dad he's a wonderful human being but there were things that he did not teach me as a father which i would have really come in handy for me and then john the guy behind me in my blind spot it took me months james to mm. figure this guy out do you want to hear what he what he yeah. represents to me yeah Here's how I figured it out. I made, I could not think of anyone named John that I could like with my dad, James, the name, there's a parallel, it led me down a path, right? To finding out what that character really means to me. Then there was John. I'm like, what in the world is John? And I worked and worked and worked on it. A John is a generic name for the client of a prostitute. And John, to me, because he was in my blind spot, was showing me that there was a sort of sexual power, the power that sex and the whole erotic, not erotic, I'm using the wrong terminology, the sensuality I could get lost in this. It was part of what was led to some of my addictiveness. It led to pursuing relationships that were not good for me, you know, and other things. I was being compelled from inside of me from this very deep need. And it was John. He was in my blind spot and it was a part of me that I did not see or recognize. So by naming him and bringing him out from behind me, I was able to start addressing this side of myself first by learning about it and then by taking the steps that I needed to do to be able to break the power or spell that this thing had over me. Wow. Holy cow. So you named him in the dream or like, was that like after the dream? That was after, that was a lot of work. I probably worked more on that dream than almost any other dream I've had. As far as conscious work afterwards, there is in my book, Dreams 123, there's a section where I explain some of the dialogue that I had with these characters. Once I had their names, I could draw them to mind. I could address them directly. I could say, John, I will not allow you to have this power over me. The first thing for is that you, I need to be aware of you and I am aware of you now. This is not personal against you in the sense because it's not personal against me for having this blind spot, but I need to fix it now that I'm aware of it. And it was a lot of work. It was an ongoing process. And now even 20 years later, I am still 
working on that part of myself. Mm. But it was very powerful and they came together. There was something about the anger represented by James that was also showing that it had a parallel with the addictiveness that was represented by John. The two always, they worked together. And this is, I discovered through working with those characters that a lot of these things come in pairings in our psyche because our psyche is bipolar in its foundation. And by bipolar, what I mean is, is that there is an active and a passive pole. And the very roots, structures of our psyche, of our minds, the deepest part of the mind, they're called archetypes. And archetypes are actually formed this way. They are bipolar energetic structures. Again, bipolar means energy. One is active or positive. One is passive or negative. It's the same as polarity of electricity has a, you know, it has an, an active and passive. It has, you know, positive and negative poles. So once you understand that the very deepest parts of yourself work this way, that they come in pairs, you can start to see them as characters in your dreams. And by working with those characters, you can actually work with the deepest parts of yourself, which in most people are outside of their conscious awareness and control. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, I know. That's it, it, goes stuff, so, it goes so deep. So deep. And this is so fascinating. Well, listen, Jam, I do want to be mindful of your time. I know we could do this like all day. I hope for our listeners going deeper with not just some of our listeners' dreams, but even some of the, you know, Jam's most like impactful dreams that he's had and the various ways that we can start to look at interpreting them. This can give you guys all some insights on how you can learn the language of your dreams and pay attention to them and look for guidance and coaching, which I've been doing and I just love it. So in order to wrap up here, Jam, is there anything else like you'd like to share any final thoughts or uh, words of wisdom? You know, the way that we have presented the dreams here, you can see that there is so much that can be gained and learned from them, that there is a process of interpreting the dream, decoding the symbolism, understanding the language, and then drawing the parallels with your life of investigating the dream, almost like a reporter or a detective and seeing what is this dream trying to teach me? Mm. So this is something that you can do for yourself, but you can start off with some basic facts and information about dreams. I highly recommend that anyone out there that wants to go further with this, they have my books and you'll put in links to them, mm -hmm. but check out dream school. I have made all of these online, these online courses that I've put a lot of effort and time into them to present this information and teach people how I do it by walking them through the examples the same way that you and I have done here. There is so much that you can learn and gain and benefit from your dreams. They are giving you daily check-ins about what's going on deep inside of you, but they are also reflecting and paralleling things that are going on in your life. You are getting some insights into situations that are ongoing and your dreams can actually act as an advisor to help you to understand and react to these situations that are going on. Like in um, Lilac's dream that we never got to or uh, Lilac Lounge says a recurrent dream, huge 
huge cliff above the ocean and I'm in a vehicle, someone else is driving, transversing a rough trail that is crazily dangerous and we are always close to the edge where the drop to choppy seas would kill us. We'd never crash, but it's an exhausting dream. I would ask, how are you living on the edge? How are you not in control of your life? Notice in the dream that somebody else is driving the car. The car symbolizes control. If somebody else is driving the car, it means you are not in control of the situation. Then look for the metaphor that's in here. It's obvious they're close to the edge where the drop is so deep that if they do fall over the edge, they could kill them. You know, it's saying that you are living on the edge in some kind of way. You can take that dream and respond to it and say, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I take control of this? How can I back away from the edge? How can I change my life so I'm not always living on the edge? There's so much that can be learned and gained from your dreams. You just need to understand their messages and continue to work with them. Like you said in the opening, journal your dreams. Do this first. Please journal your dreams. Wake up first thing. Think about your dreams. I give advice on my free introduction to dream interpretation and analysis, which you can find at dreamschool.net. The first video that I give you is how to remember dreams. The second video is how to improve your sleep. So this is critical. And in there, I give a lot of advice about journaling your dreams. There is so much that can be done and you don't have to know what every dream means. You don't have to sit on Dr. Freud's couch and have your (laughs) dreams analyzed. You can simply work with the stories and respond to it. Use your dream as a starting point and just write about it Mm. like it's a diary. There is so much that it can do for you. And then take my courses, get more insights into your dreams, interpret them, analyze them, and you go to the next step. But it does all start with doing the dream journaling, just like you're doing, James. Good job, man. Yeah, thank you. Well, this has been great, Jam. Again, I really appreciate you coming back on the show and sharing so much with us. This is just such a fascinating and like it's, it's a very unique topic. It's very different for a lot of our listeners. I'm sure this is really the first time they're being introduced to to some of this. So it's so cool. And for you to be able to take the time and interpret our actual listeners dreams has just been a really special opportunity. So thank you. And for our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll make sure to put all the links to JM's stuff in the, um, the show notes. So you guys can go check that out and learn more about JM and uh, how you guys can work together and how you can really start to master this interpretation of your dreams. But thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see y'all on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.